You're listening to Through the Bible by Faith Community Church. Join us for 365 consecutive days as we read God's Word together. This podcast uses the World English Bible, American Edition, a translation that is open source and in the public domain. To learn more about our ministry, please visit faithcommunityma.com. November 19th, Romans chapters 7 through 9. Or don't you know, brothers, for... I speak to men who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man for as long as he lives. For the woman that has a husband is bound by law to the husband while he lives. But if the husband dies, she is discharged from the law of the husband. So then, if when the husband lives, she is joined to another man, she would be called an adulteress. But if the husband dies, she is free from the law so that she is no adulteress though she is joined to another man. Therefore, my brothers, you were also made dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you be joined to another, to him who was raised from the dead, that we might produce fruit to God. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were through the law worked in our members to bring out fruit to death. But now we have been discharged from the law, having died to that in which we were held, so that we serve in newness of the spirit and not in oldness of the letter. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? May it never be. However, I wouldn't have known sin except through the law. For I wouldn't have known coveting unless the law had said, you shall not covet. But sin, finding occasion through the commandment, produced in me all kinds of coveting. For apart from the law, sin is dead. I was alive apart from the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. The commandment, which was for life, this I found to be for death, for sin, finding occasion through the commandment, deceived me, and through it, it killed me. Therefore, the law indeed is holy, and the commandment righteous, holy, and good. Did then that which is good become death to me? May it never be. But sin, that it might be shown to be sin, was producing death in me through that which is good, that through the commandment sin might become exceedingly sinful. For though we know that the law is spiritual, but I am fleshly sold under sin. For I don't understand what I am doing. For I don't practice what I desire to do, but what I hate that I do. But if what I don't desire that I do, I consent to the law that it is good. For now it is no more that I do it, but sin which dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For desire is present within me, but I don't find it doing that which is good. For the good which I desire I don't do, but the evil which I don't desire that I practice. But... If what I don't desire that I do, it is no more that I do it, but sin which dwells in me. I find then that the law, while I desire to do good, evil is present. For I delight in God's law after the inward person, but I see a different law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bring me into captivity under the law of sin which is in my members. What a wretched man I am! Who will deliver me out of the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve God's law, but with the flesh, sin's law. Romans chapter 8. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and of death. For what the law couldn't do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the ordinance of the law might be fulfilled in us who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit.
For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For the mind of the flesh is death, but the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, because the mind of the flesh is hostile toward God, for it is not subject to God's law, neither indeed can it be. Those who are in the flesh can't please God. But you who are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if it is so that the Spirit of God dwells in you. But if any man doesn't have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. If Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised up Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the children of God. For you didn't receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which will be revealed toward us. For the creation waits with eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to vanity, not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be delivered from the bondage of decay into the liberty of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and travails in pain together until now. Not only so, but we ourselves also who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for adoption, the redemption of our body. For we were saved in hope, but hope that is not that is seen is not hope. For who hopes for that which he sees? But if we hope for that which we don't see, we wait for it with patience. In the same way, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which can't be uttered. He who searches the hearts knows what is on the Spirit's mind, because he makes intercession for the saints according to God. We know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, for those who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Whom he predestined, those he also called. Whom he called, those he also justified. Whom he justified, those also he glorified. What then shall we say about these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who didn't spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how would he not also with him freely give us all things? Who could bring a charge against God's chosen ones? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, yes, rather, who was raised from the dead, who was at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Could oppression or anguish or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, even as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We were accounted as sheep for the slaughter. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from God's love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Romans chapter 9. 
I tell the truth in Christ. I am not lying. My conscience testifying with me in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing pain in my heart. For I could wish that I myself were accursed from Christ for my brother's sake, my relatives according to the flesh who are Israelites, who is the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the service, and the promises, of whom are the fathers, and from whom is Christ according to the flesh, who is over all, God blessed forever. Amen. But it is not as though the word of God has come to nothing, for they are not all Israel that are Israel. Neither, because they are Abraham's offspring, are they all children, but your offspring will be accounted as from Isaac. That is, it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as heirs. For this is a word of promise. At the appointed time, I will come and Sarah will have a son. Not only so, but Rebekah also conceived by one, by our father Isaac. For being not yet born... And neither having done anything good or bad, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him who calls. It was said to her, the elder will serve the younger, even as it is written, Jacob I love, but Esau I hated. What shall we say then? Is there unrighteousness in God? With God? May it never be. For he said to Moses, I will have mercy on whom I have mercy, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. So then, it is not of him who wills, nor of him who runs, but of God who has mercy. For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have caused you to be raised up, that I might show you in my power, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. So then, he who has mercy on whom he desires, and he hardens whom he desires. You will say then to me, Why does he still find fault? For who withstands his will? But indeed, O man, who are you to reply against God? Will the thing formed ask him who formed it, Why did you make me like this? Or hasn't the potter a right over the clay, from the same lump to make one part a vessel for honor and another for dishonor? What if God, willing to show his wrath and to make his power known, endured with much patience vessels of wrath prepared for destruction? and that he might make known the riches of his glory on vessels of mercy, whom, which he prepared beforehand for glory, us whom he also called, not from the Jews only, but also from the Gentiles, as he says also in Hosea. I will call them my people, which were not my people, and her beloved, who was not beloved. It will be that in the place where it was said to them, you are not my people, there they will be called children of the living God. Isaiah cries concerning Israel. If the number of children of Israel are as the sand of the sea, it is the remnant who will be saved, for he will finish the work and cut it short in in righteousness, because the Lord will make a short work upon the earth, as Isaiah has said before. Unless the Lord of armies has left us a seed, we would have become like Sodom and would have been made like Gomorrah. What shall we say then? That the Gentiles who didn't fall after righteousness, attained to righteousness, even the righteousness which is of faith. But Israel, falling after a law of righteousness, didn't arrive at a law of righteousness. Why? Because they didn't seek it by faith, but as it were by works of the law. They stumbled over the stumbling stone, even as it is written. Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and no one who believes in him will be disappointed.
Thank you for listening to Through the Bible by Faith Community Church. To learn more about our ministry, please visit our website, faithcommunityma.com.